0: All right, folks. Welcome to the Electables. I'm Doug Thornell. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Adrian Elrod, who is in Des Moines, Iowa. Adrian, <laughs> what a night, huh? Yeah, you know, it's
1: not exactly the results. <laughs> well, we don't even know what the results are. Not the results that we were expecting last night. Um, but look, I think what's important to keep in mind, certainly for our listeners, is that. The Iowa Democratic Party wants to make sure that whatever results they are as accurate as possible. And given the fact there were some flaws in the app that some of the precinct captains um, were encouraged to use to compute their results and and submit their results, we want to make sure the Iowa Democratic Party wants to make sure that everything that they put out, every single result that they put out is entirely accurate, which is why, you know, we're going to see they've announced today that they will be putting Um, about 50, maybe a little bit more than 50% of the results out around 5. PM Eastern standard time. Um, and then we'll see additional results trickle out over the course of the evening. Um, I'm not sure if that will possibly go into Thursday, but the point is, um, delayed, but I think everybody, or at least, you know, the, the, democratic party, the DNC and the Iowa democratic party feel confident that once the results are actually out, they will be very accurate. And it's also important, Doug, to keep in mind that this is the first time Iowa has ever released the raw vote total for, and for caucuses, that's complicated because you have to not only release the number of people who participated in the caucus, but also the number of people and, and who they supported in, in the first alignment, but also how many people supported who in the second alignment. So there's two raw vote totals being put out, um, and that just takes extra layers of um of, of, you know, accuracy and reporting, but this is certainly not the result that we expected. And I think, you know, many of us, I was doing a lot of TV last night with MSNBC. So here we are at this point.
0: So look, I, I, and I did see that, uh, I just saw that the IDP was releasing these partial results. I think that's just a little odd. Um, You know, I think depending upon where these precincts are, it's going to paint a picture that may not be accurate for the, you know, for the campaigns. If it's heavily in young or college towns, that obviously favors some candidates. If it's in more rural towns with older voters, that favors other candidates. Um, you know, I'm not sure why they arrived at that decision. Uh, I think they've waited long enough that if they're going to release, they might as well just release all the results at once. Um you know, I'm I'm just not sure like what I don't really know. Do you happen to know like what was the rationale behind that?
1: I don't know the rationale except for the fact that I think the Iowa Democratic Party is just ready to get data that they feel confident about in terms of the results and the accuracy of that data. They're feeling so much pressure to get data out there that they want to at least start getting some of this information out there today. Um, you know, I, look, I, I understand the criticism, but at the same time, if we were watching this play out real time on election night, we would see data coming in from across the state that we weren't sure exactly where it was coming from. I mean, that's we Doug. That we worked on a number of campaigns. I mean, oftentimes when you see those first, you know, three to four percent of returns coming in from across the state, you're not sure where that information's coming from. You're not sure what that means. So everyone's speculating, um, and that's what I think you're going to see tonight. I mean, we can almost pretend that this is happening. Um, as it should, but it's just happening 18 hours later.
0: Hey, folks, we are joined by Brittany Shepard. She is a national political reporter for Yahoo News. And Brittany is in Des Moines, Iowa. She's been covering the caucuses. Um, Brittany, welcome to the electables. Um, So glad you could join us.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. After what's been, it feels like just constant craziness in my head. It's nice to just have a second to breathe.
0: So Brittany, where are we right now? This This conversation is taking place on the afternoon of Tuesday, right after the caucus. We hope to post this episode later on today. But where are we right now? What are you hearing as far as um, the, the state of play?
2: Well, the overwhelming feeling from campaigns is, I would say, an equal parts frustration Uh, Just an an hour or so ago, between the Iowa Democratic Party and the campaign, the IDP is trying to um, de-escalate tensions um, across the board because you know they're just really hungry for results. This time last year, almost all of the precincts were in. Um, Everyone is very confused about this app made by this shadow company. No one knows who's really funding it. Is it this print? A lot of people are just desperate for answers. The IDP really wants to give them, but they're being told sit on their hands a little bit. And then every campaign is kind of just declaring it their own victory. We see Mayor Pete releasing their own internals, about 70% of that. You see... Bernie Sanders campaign doing a few less of their own internals, but saying, you know, all signs point to victory for them. So, you know, people really don't know where to go and what this means, especially with New Hampshire just a couple of days.
0: So, folks, just so uh, Brittany is in uh, uh, rural part of Iowa where connection isn't that great. So, if she goes in and out, um, my apologies for that. Um, so Adrian do you got do you have a question for Brittany
1: and I are both getting the same information I'm obviously not a reporter but I am here in Iowa and you know we're, we're all sitting here waiting for with bated breath including the campaigns most importantly because they want to know who won Iowa they want to know you know look first of all it's important to note that if you're a sophisticated campaign and you have a good field in data reporting operation then you know where you stand in Iowa you've got a pretty good Good feeling, and we just saw that Bernie Sanders on his press plane heading to New Hampshire. Jeff Weaver announced um, what they believe are the results of the Iowa caucuses based on their own data, and they believe that Bernie Sanders uh, received first place, uh, Pete Buttigieg second place, Elizabeth Warren third place, and um, Joe Biden fourth place. So, you know, people campaigns are starting to come out there and 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 demonstrate what they believe happened with their own data. But at the same time, all of us who, you know, are waiting for that, you know, objective data from the party, you know, we're waiting with bated breath. But it's also so important that this data be accurate and that it reflect the totality of um, of all the results. And what the party is having to do, unfortunately, is they're doing some of the—I hate to use the word—manual. They're not recounting, but they are taking into account the um, pieces of paper that caucus goers. Filled that when they walked into a caucus to demonstrate in that first alignment who they were supporting. All of yeah, the and, making and sure we those saw, are accurately counted. Oh yeah, and I was just going to Adrian,
2: just to add to that, like I reviewed an email from the IDP out to local caucus organizers stressing that, like, they have to collect everything by hand and any kind of paper trail they have to, um, to basically. Um, it's being collected currently, which means that, you know, we might not see full results till the end of the week. That's New Hampshire. Um, and it's really causing a lot of panic from what I'm hearing. And, you know, folks are just declaring themselves winners this is not the Iowa caucus we thought we were going into 48 hours ago. No,
0: and, you exactly. know, 68. Well, I don't know the final count, 68, 70 million dollars was spent on advertising. You have a lot of these campaigns who invested a lot of, you know, the most important, commodities they have, uh their candidates' time and, and their campaign resources in Iowa. And um, you know, and it's hard to say what they have to show for it right now. Um I'm not entirely sure that even with the results, you know, we walk into the State of the Union tonight, there's an the impeachment vote. I'm not I'm just not sure. You know, Iowa has always been used as a as a momentum measure, uh, as a way to generate a bounce for a candidate. And I don't think that's, you know, that's certainly not going to take place here, I don't think. Um, I think a lot of people will just question the, you know, what happened, you know, sort of the, the results as they come in, um, and the campaigns will probably, the losing campaigns will encourage that rightfully or wrongfully. Um, but um, Brittany, what do you hear about the, when did, when did trouble first start showing itself?
2: Well, last night, I, so I was at Biden HQ, right? So we were already tempering our expectations. We, you know, Biden campaigns been saying for a while, maybe they don't need Iowa. The numbers were kind of dwindling, dwindling over the past couple of days. The mood was already kind of tense um, there at Drake University. But we were all watching, waiting for the returns um, on CNN. And we heard Wolf Blitzer say, oh, ITP is holding some of their early results because of quality control. And that's the control to possible technical difficulties with a reporting app to tabulation difficulties to, you know, what really became a problem with not being able to properly account for alignments, which will potentially change delicate counts from district to district. Um, I was talking to one precinct captain in Sioux City who said that he did not get the app uh, until four days ago. And he's like a 25 year old millennial precinct captain who will technology. He was telling me that some adjacent counties that precinct captains who were, you know, 70, 75 years old who might not know two factor authentication and like how to navigate the complicated user interface. So externally problems are percolating around um, yesterday evening like eight or 9 p.m but honestly I think trouble was in the water writing was on the wall perhaps far before that
0: um, what is your uh, what is your what's your take on the uh, how each of the campaigns have handled last night anyone stand out to you, in terms of who handled it well, who didn't?
2: Well, we, I was hearing a lot of chatter, even in the Biden room that I, I was in, that it was good for Amy Klobuchar to come out so early when she did. Of course, you know, we were hearing from the Klobuchar campaign that they would kind of be happy with a third or fourth. Um, it's also as important as being first choice for these mid tier campaigns. Um, and she was able to come out against. Donald Trump and kind of pro unity and say, you know what, we're punching above our weight. And that's a win for us. They can click that they can fundraise off of that and smooth sail into New Hampshire, which she's already there now. Um, But before stopping in DC briefly for this impeachment vote to finally wrap up, Um, I think that people are in mayor Pete declaring victory. I think some are saying that, perhaps that was a little bit overblown when the numbers aren't out and Bernie Sanders a potential for a breakaway. Um, and, you know, Joe Biden was pretty consistent with trying to temper expectations. I was in that room. You would think for the former vice president, there'd be, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, but there were maybe 200 people who were very happy to see him, but it, it wasn't some kind of break. Folks might think it would have been a couple of months ago.
1: Yeah, and I want to just say something on, on what Brittany said really quickly, Doug. I thought it was very interesting that you didn't see a lot of campaigns taking advantage of this, you know, sort of vast two to three hour period where we were all, those of us who were doing television, were all, you know, just basically trying to find whatever we couldn't mm-hmm. talk about, <laughs> trying to fill the airtime, um, you know, pontificating <laughs> about the results and whatnot. It was. And that moment. Um, and Amy Klobuchar, of course, was the first one to go out and do it. She, you know, gave a, a fantastic speech. But, you know, in between impeachment and, um, of course, New Hampshire coming up and everything else that's happening right now, it's kind of amazing that here's a, an ample opportunity for millions and millions of voters because so many people across the country were tuned into um, what was happening last night, tuned into the coverage. And it was surprising to me, frankly. That that you didn't see more candidates go out there and try to capitalize on that moment now of course you did over the course of the evening i think once <laughs> once you know for example pete Buttigieg's campaign realized oh senator Klobuchar's going out and speaking i should we should send him out they did um but it was surprising to me that you didn't see more people immediately take advantage of that moment
0: yeah i i, I agree with that i mean i i I uh, I think the Klobuchar I think the Klobuchar campaign was the savviest of them all last night in terms of having her having her go out there before eleven o'clock and she was covered by, you know, the three major networks, uh, three major cable networks. I'm not sure if she was on broadcast, but um, and then and then Joe Biden came right after and he got the same amount of coverage. But interesting enough, uh, Elizabeth Warren's team sent. Her out when Joe Biden was still talking, which I thought was a little odd, um, and she she did not get the same uh, wall-to-wall coverage that Amy Klobuchar and Joe Biden got, and ultimately Pete Buttigieg. Um, so that was a little strange, but yeah, look, I mean, th- it was sitting there waiting for those folks to jump on the stage, and you know, I told one campaign just declare victory and get out of there, and uh, because it was just like, you know, like. You had from 10 until 11 all of this dead space and any of the networks would have taken any of them, you know. Um Brittany, uh, are are you headed to New Hampshire or how long are you going to be in uh, Iowa for?
2: So I leave uh, Iowa tomorrow. I am actually not going to be in New Hampshire. I will be – DC trying to figure out what the aftermath of Iowa might be kind of going forward into Nevada and South Carolina um, Nevada Democratic Party put out a statement I think one well, like half an hour ago saying they will not use this app um, and South Carolina population and not uh, the tabulation they're using in Iowa so um, I will be kind of doing some reporting in advance of that and I, I think what you said earlier about this might be, the last caucus in Iowa for a long time is true. Campaigns and just critics of the lack of diversity in Iowa has been getting louder and louder and louder over the. Have been the kiss of death um, to many Iowans chagrin.
1: Yeah, and you can find out. That- <laughs> becoming such an antiquated way to um, show your support for a candidate. I mean, I think we really saw that come to light last night. Um, and this may very well be the end to the Iowa caucuses as we know it.
0: Well, I think they definitely got to, uh, you know, the, 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 de- the DNC and, you know, I think just Democrats in general are going to have to take a hard look at, you know, how they kick off 2024, um, because we just can't have this happen. You know, I mean, this was, uh, this was too important of a night, and these campaigns had spent too much money and invested too much time for something like this to happen. Um, and I'm glad that they are spending, you know, taking the time to get the numbers right. I think that makes sense. I'm glad they didn't make, you know, they didn't rush out with numbers. Um, and you know, look, I, I think you got to, you know, why? You know, I think I and I feel for the folks who are. You know who work for the Iowa Democratic Party. You know the staffers there have been busting their tail for for months, um, and I feel for the staff uh, for all of the campaigns who are in Iowa who are you know field organizers knocking on doors, making phone calls for the last you know year plus um, because they all gave their blood, sweat, and tears for this. And um, you know I know none of them wanted this as the outcome. Uh, so you just got to feel you feel for them as much as you feel for the campaign candidates. You know it's also the staff. Um, Adrian, as you know, uh, who give just so much of their time and life. Um, and I think it's gotta be very frustrating. Yeah, it's
1: gotta be very frustrating. Yeah, be really frustrating. And, and the staff that give their, give so much of their time and their, their, uh, really give up their lives to be here in Iowa to support their candidate and, and to do that with, you know, little pay and, uh, to really, you know, organization here, we talk about it so much in Iowa and these caucus states, but organization is everything. And to have, you know, you, you map this successful only to have that, you know, th- this happen and to, as to see this kind of a disaster of a, a reporting system take place is, is a real blow to a lot of campaigns that worked really hard to, to perform well here.
2: And they do want to, you know, flag some of the frustration from these like lower level campaign staffers who now have to deal with this information, or potential Russian hacking, all of what has been debunked so far. But of course, information is so new, we're seeing on like right wing parts of Twitter, Charlie Kirk circulating information that you know, maybe everything has to be challenged. None of the data will be right coming out of Iowa. So, you know, I think a lot of these staffers who might have been looking forward to Monday being the end of a chatter and perhaps the beginning of something new are going to be stuck spinning their wheels trying to, you know, disprove
1: another
2: level of how this feels like 2016 all over again.
0: Well, Brittany... Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Uh, I know you're you're working hard, still reporting on the ground in Des Moines, uh, and we and we appreciate it.
2: Um, oh, th- thank you so much.
0: Yeah, this was. Thank great. you,
2: Brittany. I think this is not the election that we we thought it would be, and I am so interested to see how this is all going to play out over the next couple of weeks.
0: Well, we will be following you closely. You can follow Brittany uh, on Twitter at b. L R S H E P H E R D B L R B L R Shepherd uh, for That's me. all the on the ground reporting. Um, so for my partner in crime, uh, Adrian Elrod, this is Doug Thornell, uh, and this has been a the latest episode of the Electables, and we'll catch you next time.